Good afternoon. Welcome to a Craig Custance-less episode of the Athletic Hockey Show. This is the Americans. I think all told this is an upgrade. We have a certain a certain number of Michigan area men. Not Michigan men, because Craig's a a Spartan, a Spartan weirdo. We but we have a we we have a certain amount of Michigan dudes we need to have on this podcast. So filling in is the Red Wings beat writer, my close personal friend, Max Boltman. What's up, dude? Not a lot, John. I'm uh, very glad to be here. I'm also just glad you didn't introduce me as your nephew. So, like, that's really a win already for me. I get the friend upgrade. Yeah, as a two-time, two-time Sean Gentilly intern uh, extraordinaire, <laughs> Max Boltman. We've known each other for, uh, I think, 25, 25 years at this point. I knew you when you were when that's you were right. three or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods, man? What's up? What, is, is, there, is there anything new about the Red Wings? Do, do, do we have anything we need to get out of the way there with them, with, with them right now? Nothing new. I mean, they uh, they start their prospect tournament this week, so that's what's that's what's uh, dominating the airwaves right now. Thursday, uh, things will kick off. I mean, that's a five team tournament, so there's there's a good a good chunk of players that'll be up there at, at Center Ice Arena. Uh, it's a, it's a very fun event, so I'm looking forward to that. I do always get a cold at it, so we'll see how that goes over. This would be a bad year to get a cold, um, but. I'm stoked for that. It's kind of the unofficial start of, of hockey season to be up there. And, and they're going to have Lucas Raymond will be up there and uh, Jonathan Berger, one of their prospects in Sweden. And there'll be a whole, a whole host of teams up there, St. Louis, Dallas. Uh, it'll be, be, be a good time up there in Traverse city. I, I blew it, not going to it this year, man. It's, it's been, it's been a, it's been a while. It's, it's still just, it's still so bizarre getting back into the swing of things on, on a work on a, on a, on the work end of things, on the personal end of things, like travel is just travel is just so so bizarre. I, I got off a plane for the first time in you know eighteen months or whatever it was of a few days ago. It was just a completely a, a completely foreign experience. Have you have you flown anywhere yet? I did. So so Allison and I, my girlfriend, we flew to uh, San Diego a few weeks ago uh, for for a quick little vacation. Yeah. Tried to get him before the season started, and yeah, I mean. It is. It's a very different flying experience. Uh, I had forgotten somehow how brutal. what flying is like, and I think I don't think it got any easier in the last two years. So <laughs> I, I I don't have TSA anymore, so it's like I'm taking the pre-check. Oh, dude, I, I'm like oh, taking off my shoes. I don't again have it either. Whatever. Uh, our guest today is. I mean, we'll just come out. We'll, we sh- I should have come out and said this at, at, at the top, but whatever. It's Mike Sullivan. We got a we got we got the U.S. men's Olympic team official coach, head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, my my neighbor, I think I think twenty mile twenty miles or so to the north. Uh, I, Max, he was he was he was really good. He that was that was uh, he he gave us he gave us more than I expected. That was that was really really good stuff from Sullivan on the process. What it's been like so far, and you know, kind of the the, the prep work he's already doing. I think you could really tell too through the interview, like how much it means to him, how excited he is to be in that role. And, and you could kind of get a little bit of the enthusiasm. You'll, you'll see when, when we, when we do the interview, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I think he's given quite a bit of thought to it. Maybe, uh, maybe more thought than, uh, <laughs> than maybe you usually get a coach to it to, uh, to admit, I guess, at, at this early stage about it. <laughs> I mean, that was like, that was like the challenge, right? Like, like just flat out asking them, like, all right, who's going to be on the, the lines? <laughs> who's going to be on the, Let's let's talk some lines, coach. Let's roll. Who's in the flank on the power play? <laughs> I know, exactly. We know you know. <laughs> Is Jack Hughes going to be on this team? Yes or no? Right now, Mike. Go go. Um, but no, no he, was, he was really good though. He, he was fun, and, and obviously talking about some of the older guy. He talked about the generation that he considers to kind of be the standard bearers of USA hockey, and and I think you know also acknowledge like that this group that's going to go to these Olympics in twenty twenty two at least has the potential to to someday push that and, and and try to rise to that level. And I thought that was, you know, I, I think that's what a lot of people in the U.S. want to see from this this era of USA hockey. And that's been the great hope that, um, you know, if the, if the NHL did get back into the Olympics, like the USA has a team that, you know, nobody's saying they're Canada, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm not saying they couldn't beat them in, 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 in one elimination game either. And one of those guys we talked about, I mean, I feel like anytime we talk about national team stuff, we have some digression on the, on, on the Kachucks. Cause it's, cause it's inevitable at this point there, 
you know, in a lot of ways, I think it's a, it's a neck and neck battle with them and the Hughes to kind of be the, whatever, the first family of, of American hockey at this point. And, and Mike, Mike had some great bits about, <clears throat> about, you know, Keith Kachuk and what their experience like was together. They, they, they almost overlapped at, at BU, which was, which one was, year. which would yeah, have been, one year. which would have been, which would have been wild. But yeah, we, we do have, we do have Kachuk news. We got, we got Brady Kachuk, uh, looking at an eight year, $64 million offer from, from the Sens. <sighs> we need to, we need to re kind of recalibrate how we think about contracts, right? I mean, eight, $8 million for, for, for Brady Kachuk on, you know, a quad out of a quasi bridge deal is that's a, that's a, that's a big, big number. And it's, it's, it's not a knock on Brady either, right? Like go, go get it if you can, but uh, an $8 million AAV for, for Brady Kachuk potentially here is, is a, is a, is, is a wild thing to kind of process. And it's even, it's out of the ELC, isn't it? Or did he, he didn't yeah. slide, did he? No, yeah, no, the ELC, no, he yeah. didn't. That's what I'm saying. Like just com- completely, yeah. completely bypassing any, any sort of bridge deal and, and, and not, not buying up all that much. Just being like, all right, here we go. You've got X amount of years left at, in, in our, but we're, so, we're, we're still going to hit, we're still going to hit 80 year. That's, that's wild. Yeah. I mean, so here's, here's my initial reaction to the, to the Kachuk thing is it's obviously a high salary number for a guy who has yet to kind of break the 50 point threshold in, in the NHL. And I'm sure that's what a lot of people are going to point to here. And I think that's fair. Like you, you never want to uh, get yourself into a spot where um, you're not getting kind of the production you need for, for that high dollar hit. But I also do think one of the huge advantages they have here is giving him this deal at such a young age at, at 21, 22 years old, like this thing's only going to age until he is 29, 30. He is still going to be very much in his prime there, no risk of a drop off. And he's going to give you so much else in terms. I mean, I assume this guy's going to be the captain of the Ottawa senators uh, at some point, not very long here. Uh, and, and obviously he gives you so much in the way of, of physicality and in the way of his, his compete level on the ice. Um, I, I don't actually, I would not have a problem with this number for Brady Kachuk. No, that's something we talked about last week with Don Waddell, actually. I mean, do you want to be paying just Barry Kotkaniemi $6 million a year for, for one year? No, not necessarily. But, you know, if that sets him up to, to, get, a, to get a big deal next year, you're so much better off signing, signing those guys to, to that number now rather than waiting until they hit 29 or 30 or whatever it is and then giving them their they're a uh, seven, eight, eight and a half million dollar deal, right? Like it's, you're, I, I, it's fascinating to me that like, it, I think that's been a big part of this off season is, G, is GMs being more open to getting guys on the come up and, and, si- and signing younger players to, to big number deals that allow them to A, get to 28 or 29 before their next contract and B, sort of play out their prime. Maybe not at some super duper value number, but also it's something that, that still that still kind of makes sense for 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 both sides. Well, you you look at his brother, right? Matthew signed a bridge. I think it was three times seven. Yeah, they're gonna and, and they're gonna they're gonna get they're gonna take a, they're eight. gonna they're gonna take a bath on it now. Yeah, they're gonna blow past eight on on Matthew's next deal. And so if you can lock Brady in at eight, and it's gonna go for eight years, you know, I guess it costs you a little more in in years one through three of of it than maybe you could have gotten on a bridge, but you, it probably will save you some money on on the back end there, right? I mean, the bummer here is that if Brady's in Ottawa long term, then we're not. How do you get them together? <laughs> how do we get Brady and Matt together? Not just in Ottawa or where or Calgary or, or or anywhere else. We need we need the, we need those dudes in an American city badly. We need them to play together, and it and it needs to be it needs to be in the U.S. And if, man, if it's tough to it's t- it's tough to turn down sixty four million dollars, but. I don't know. I, I I think Brady should think about the good of the squad here and, and try to try to get south at some point, right? You think Mike Sullivan just tries to bring him back with him in in, in the car Dude, from from the Olympics? He, <laughs> I can't. He he's going to come out of out of that out of that tournament in love with both of these guys. Oh yeah. If he is if he isn't already, like those guys check so many boxes for him, and I I think he brought them up. <laughs> you know, unprompted, right? Where, where, where he's, 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 he's talking about what, what, what maniacs Matt and Brady are out on the, are out on, out on the ice. I mean, those dudes are, those dudes are Mike Sullivan players. I know we're, I know like we're, 
you're loath to pencil in anybody, even though even though we're doing these roster oh, building, putting these in. roster I'm building pencil. exercises or whatever. I'm not loath to it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, we're 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 not. My God, we're. I, th- I think we're gonna do like tri weekly, tri weekly <laughs> U.S. roster projections, right? But like he came about as close to just being like, yeah, Brady Chuck, Brady Kachuk's on the team is is is, is we're gonna get. He he clearly loves him, and you know that's. That's kind of that's kind of to be expected. The other the other bit of news to pop up, you know, as it relates to American teams, I think over, over the last couple of days is this is this is Mike Mike Russo reporting naturally, of course. The Kaprizov situation is not is not resolved, and we've been we've been waiting for it for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months, and you know, here we are, September fourteenth, and there's no there's no resolution, and Bill Bill Guerin's telling Russo that things aren't going as planned. Well, and, and this is such a tough one because it, it, you know, you've seen now the saga play out for an Artemi Panarin. You've seen the saga play mm-hmm. out for help me out here with some other guys who, who have kind of gone short out of these international deals and then they're not around as oh, long yeah, as Yeah, right. You'd and that's just, like that's, that's the, that's the, that's the way, that's the way it works. You know, you're not, you're not going to get guys signed to the, Seven, eight, nine, nine-year deal. That's just, that's just the way. Just but the you way feel it. for it because, and, and and I, I tend to be here. Like I, I sympathize with with the players a lot here because you don't have any choice of the organization you drafted into, mm-hmm. and so you know how long are you, you kind of owe that to them? And that's obviously something that's been established in the CBA, and and that's the players' right. Um, but I also think Minnesota, I feel so much for the fans in Minnesota here because they waited so long for this guy. He was everything they hoped for, honestly, probably a little more than they even could have hoped for. And, and now there's already kind of this tension and that doesn't mean it's not going to get resolved. I'm not someone who's writing this off as it's not, it can't have a happy ending for, for all parties here, but it's, I, I've got family in Minnesota and, and like, you know, like they, one of them texted me the, uh, when, when the, the first, you know, Russian team interest was coming out. And I, I feel for those guys, man. Well, it, it's not just that they've waited along for, waited long for Kaprizov, even though they did like that. Yeah. He was, he was in the incubator for, for a while there and then shows up as, as good as, as good as expected. But like, this is my God, they've been waiting for a player like that since peak, peak Marion Gabrick, right? Like, like you don't, you don't remember, I, I like, I don't know, you, like you, you weren't, you weren't around for, for him. It is, it, it is, uh, it is best, but I mean, we need, we need elite talent on the, on the Minnesota wild. That makes our jobs easier. It makes, it, it makes, it makes stuff a lot, a lot more fun. We need, yeah. Get it, get, what, what do you think? How about this? What do you, because pe- people have asked me this in mailbags and stuff. Like, what do you think that deal should look like? Do you have like a, do you have like a, you know, sort of mind's eye, you know, vision of, of something that would look like they would, they would be equitable for, for, for both sides. Cause I, I feel like I kind of do. Assuming neither side is going to get fully what they want. And for Minnesota, that being obviously like seven or eight years mm-hmm. and for Kaprizov being a huge number on right. short years, like something five or six five. times. Yeah. Right. Five times eight. Yes. Like that seems that's it. Perfectly reasonable. That, that seems like the magic number to me. Five yeah. times eight seems like the number that we're going to land on. And it's felt that way for a while. And yet here we are, you know, it's September 14th and Bill Guerin's like, yeah, this hasn't, this hasn't gone the way I wanted it to. Now, if there's an issue for Minnesota, how many of those years in that five, are you even without the buyout hit from Parise and Suter at that point? Is it only, it's like one, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because there's what you, you stretch it out over. Yeah. You stretch the buyout over, over, over double. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's looming large, right? Like I wonder, I wonder if Garen. If he could go back and do it again, like, do you still do you still buy out Ryan Suter? I don't know. Like, like maybe maybe you leave one of those guys on the books and don't and don't have that specter stretching over the body of a of, of a Kaprizov contract. That was the weird one. I mean, mm-hmm. from from the minute it happened. Now, <laughs> that was the what, that was they, the that was the weird one for Ryan Suter too. He he was he was expecting yeah. he was expecting that about as much as anybody else was. We knew we knew so, Parisi was going to go down. Do you think Suter? was for sure playing out that contract. I think he he seems like a guy who would who would certainly who would certainly tr- like I th- look, the logic of that makes sense, right? Like it was there was that initial wave whenever it happened on Twitter where everybody was like holy shit, like look like look at what they did, look at how long these buyouts are, are you know, whatever. But I think it's a reasonable price to pay to to avoid any any potential for recapture that's insane. Like yeah. the, the fact that that rule was on the books 
then and now is just is just is just wild to me. Like retroactively punishing those contracts is just one of the one of the craziest things that the league that the league's ever pulled off. And like Garen was Garen was like rightfully terrified of it, clearly, because Suter A is a is a better player than 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 Parisi at this point in his career. And B, you know, seems like a better bet to 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 play out the string. So yeah, I I don't know though, man. Like it it it, it complicates stuff. It was it, it was never going to be a great situation, but you know, again, here we are. We're we're about to open training camp, and there's still there's still no resolution on the on the biggest on the biggest moment of a, of their off season. It's it's uh, something. They're in a tough spot, and and if they do get it resolved with Kaprizov, we know it's going to be a big number, no matter what the term is. And at that point, like you're leaning. You're leaning really heavy on some of your prospects hitting. And I really like Matt Boldy. I think he's going to be really good. Marco Rossi, like, you know, hopefully he's he's back to what he, yeah. um, you know, looked like as a draft eligible. Yeah, you're, you're better. You're, so much you're better. Guys. You're better equipped than almost anybody to, to talk about those guys. I mean, like, th- those, are the, those are the guys who, whenever we were talking about Jack Eichel to Minnesota, which feels like it was, you know, five years ago, th- yep. those are the guys, the Boldies and the Rossies that we were talking about as a, you know, as as the bones as the bones of a deal, as the main elements that would be headed back to Buffalo. So, what do you what do you think of those two specifically? Well, you know, I, I didn't get to see Boldy a lot last year, but I, you know, I remember in, in his year at the program, he was he was very much in that conversation with the Cole Caulfields and and you know, kind of beyond that Jack Hughes tier, you know, but like Boldy, Zegris, Turcotte, Caulfield, like you know, I, I think most people by the end settled on on Turcotte and, and Zegris kind of ahead of the other two, but like when you're watching those guys in that year, you know, that those guys were all absolute studs for the NTDP and, and bold. He's really done nothing to disprove right. that in his time since like in terms of his production at, at BC, in terms of, yeah, he was a pretty successful player in, in year one in the American hockey league. He's got a lot of what you're looking for, you know, at, at, at six foot two, you know, this is not a guy who you're going to worry about like, Oh, is he going to be able to, to hang in, in the NHL? And, and he was already a point more better than a point per game player last year in, in the American league and, and was really good at BC. So I, I don't know that Matt Boldy's, in the NHL right away this year, but um, I, I don't think he's that far away. And, you know, I, as always, the question in Minnesota comes, comes back to center and, yeah. and that's where you yeah. really have to hope Marco Rossi can get back to what a lot of people thought he was going to be in his draft year. Obviously he, he hardly played last year. And so you never know, but um, yeah, I mean, if, if he can be an answer to them, then suddenly for, for them, I should say, then, then suddenly you start to get pretty interesting. You got Joel Erickson up front. If Rossi can be a, a goal scoring center for you a playmaking center for you then i think you you're in business Mm -hmm. if not then the search for a center continues and and that's a real big that's a real big search to have when you're in in compete mode and the jack the jack eichel update is uh there is no update not nothing's gonna happen we're gonna keep having the same conversation do you think this is a carlson uh eva training camp deal or do you think that they're actually gonna go into the season i just i just hope I hope it happens. I feel like we may have we may have just spoken to the next man to be <laughs> Jack Eichel's head coach. Is that possible? We just we do, the Olympics. <laughs> the next the next game Jack Eichel plays will be will be for Mike Sullivan. I didn't oh like. Oh my gosh! We, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, you know, in our in our talk with Mike, there like you don't, you don't want to get into specifics on. On, yeah. on 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 guys you know on on roster building or whatever because that's going to make them clam up quicker quicker than anything. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like there's a there's a non-zero chance that the next time we see Jack Eichel uh, on on the ice, he'll be he'll he'll be playing for our <laughs> he'll be playing for our guest here, who again is uh, Mike Sullivan, head coach head coach of the U.S. Olympic team, uh, and that's that's coming up next. It's a, it was a, it was a great interview, and I I, I think it's worth your time. We are joined by the head coach of the U.S. men's Olympic hockey team, Mike Sullivan. He's been on the job for all of Mike. It's like three weeks now, so you're you're well you're well into your time as is is head coach, and I'm, I'm I'm sure doing I'm sure doing a ton of work. What's the what's the process been like? And uh, I don't know how, how how's this last few weeks gone since, since the announcement. It's been it's been great. It's been real exciting. It's uh, you know it's the honor of a lifetime, as I've said on more than one occasion. Uh, you know when 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 I got the call to be asked to be the head coach of the team, and so uh, anytime I've had an opportunity to represent the United States and 
international competition. It's been such a such an honor and such a thrill, whether it be as a player or as a coach. And you know, I've had the privilege of of uh, of doing both uh, over the years. But to be the head coach of the of the Olympic team on 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 a world stage like that. Um, for me is uh, it's hard to articulate in words what it means to me it's just it's just such a great honor to uh to to share in that experience with everyone i mean when did the work start on your end officially like after 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 hearing the news i mean you you have a staff now that's I mean, we we couldn't yeah, have, so we, we've we been said at it for a little month. we've been at it for a little while here behind the scenes and uh you know we we put a, a coach and staff together that we all feel real comfortable with uh, these guys are all really smart guys they're great hockey guys. They're passionate guys. They're uh, they're guys that I think bring certain strengths to the table uh, in different capacities. Uh, but the common denominator for me is uh, these guys are just great people. They're smart guys, and they're willing to work. You know, they're 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 ready and eager to roll up their sleeves and go to work to try to help this team be su- be successful. So I'm excited to work with the group that we put together. Uh, you know, that, that's been in the works for a while now. Uh, we met as a coaching staff for, uh, for about four days, uh, here in Pittsburgh and, and we talked a lot of hockey and put a game plan together, uh, that the, that we think is going to give us a chance to be successful. We talked about prioritizing how we're going to communicate, uh, you know, with the eventual, the eventual team, uh, when it is, uh, picked and, and put together and, and it's hard right now because we don't have a lot of logistical details. And so, right. you know, we're, we're talking a lot of if then scenarios and just trying to prepare ourselves for whatever comes our way. But, uh, but these guys are great guys. They're fun to work with. They're really smart hockey guys. I'm looking forward to, uh, to going through the process with them, but, but we've been at it here for a little while. We spent a great three or four days together and, and looking at a lot of video and talking a lot of hockey and, uh, and, and putting a game plan together that that hopefully will uh, will help this team be successful. Yeah, well, I wanted to wanted to talk about those guys. Honestly, they're well. First off, they're three head coaches. You know, I, I know I know Todd Todd's Todd's with you again now, but those are three guys with with, with real with real legitimate head coaching experience in the, in the NHL between David Quinn, John Hines, Todd Reardon. I wanted to talk about them more. Honestly, you said you said all three of those guys bring stuff to the table. What? What do you, David Quinn's a guy who you've, I mean, we, we all know about your relationship with him, but what does he, what does he bring? Cause I think, you know, he's a relatively, I mean, still he's relatively new head coach. What, what kind of, in, in the NHL, what kind of, uh, what kind of stuff does he bring to, does he bring to the plate? So Quinny's a guy, as you know, him and I were college teammates. We go back a long way. We've got a great relationship. Uh, you know, what, what I like about Quinny is, is, he has head coaching experience. Uh, he has international experience. He knows the challenges of putting together a team for a short tournament like this, and and and, uh, and what what the potential challenges are, and 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 how to how to overcome them. Um, so he brings a lot of experience from that standpoint. I think Quinny brings a certain personality to our to our coaching <laughs> staff that I think will be. Uh, that will be really beneficial for our group. As you guys know, I'm not the most warm and fuzzy guy uh, in the in the world, and 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 I think Quinny's a guy that uh, that I think is going to bring uh, a real human element to our coaching staff. You know, he's uh, he's a personable guy. I think he'll his personality will resonate with the players, uh, and and he's just a smart hockey guy. He's he's got a good command of 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 the strategy and the tactics of the game. He's, he knows some of the players that are in play that potentially are going to be on this roster. So I think he brings a lot to the table for this group. Wait, so are, are, are we going to get Quinny good cop? Is, is, is that what's happening? Is, is that what's happening? Running David, well, David Quinn be, good cop? Yeah, that would be my guess. I don't know that any of us are going to be a bad cop in a two-week tournament. That's for sure. But, uh, but he's certainly a guy that, that, that I think is a personable guy. I think he relates with, with players really well. I think uh, – I, in, in other words, I, I don't think it's going to take Quinny a long time to build relationships with these with these guys and 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 uh, and, and give these guys an opportunity to interact with our coaching staff. So uh, I, I think that's an, an important aspect of 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 our whole staff in general. And I, I mean, I think all these guys are they're they're very personable guys, uh, but we're all different in our personalities, right? And so uh, I think Quinny brings brings a real human element to our staff that I think is going to help us. 
Hey, Mike, just a quick one about Ryan Miller, fresh out of the NHL. I mean, what are you expecting out of a, a, a coach, Ryan Miller, and, and what does he kind of bring to the equation here? Well, I think Ryan is a, is a great addition to our staff. He's, uh, you know, we talked about him extensively and, you know, he doesn't have a lot of coaching experience uh, in a two-week tournament. You know, how much real uh, X's and O's coaching is going to take place, you know, as it relates to the goaltending position. I, I shouldn't say X's and O's, maybe I should say technicalities. Uh, but obviously, Ryan is, is well-schooled in that stuff uh, as well. Uh, but I think he can bring a certain perspective to to our whole team, not not to mention just our goaltenders. Uh, you know, having having gone through it himself as a player, he's just removed as a player. I think he's going to bring a perspective to our coaches' meetings. Uh, when when you know, I I can only speak on 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 how I think, and I'm always asking myself the question. You know, I'm trying to put myself in the players' shoes all the time. What's the players think? How are they going to react? You know how should how should we approach a certain day or a certain challenge, and so we're we're always trying to put ourselves in the players' shoes and the players' perspective. Although we've all played, it seems like it was a million years ago that some of us were on the <laughs> in the other side and, and you know in the dressing room as a player. Uh, and Ryan's a guy that w- that was just there, and so he's going to bring that perspective to our coaching staff. I think he's going to bring such great. Uh, wisdom and, and experience to the to the goaltenders because he lived it himself and and he can share those experiences. He can share uh, what he went through and some of his challenges and 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 what helped him have success. So we, I was really excited to add Ryan to our staff. He's a really good guy. I didn't know him very well. Um, I got to meet him when when we met as a, as a staff, you know, a, a few weeks ago. But uh, I'm really excited that 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 he's part of our staff. Yeah, how much of that was just about getting him in the fold? You're like, okay, Ryan Miller's available. Let's find, <laughs> let's find something for him to do. Honestly, you, you just you just want him around. Yeah, he's he's a real good person. He's had yeah. such an accomplished career. You know, he was a tremendous goalie himself. And uh, and and you know, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, I think Ryan reached out to uh, John Van Beesbrook uh, in in looking to help in in any way, shape or form, you know, he's a passionate guy. He loves the game, wants to be around it. And, uh, and it just kind of evolved from there. So it's, uh, we're, we're, we're fortunate to have a guy like that, you know, that, that is just removed from playing and that can bring that certain perspective and his experiences to the table. Yeah. He said that to us, honestly, like at right after, you know, the the retirement announcement, like he was like, yeah, I'm going to try to get into something. Like he was, he was definitely, he was definitely interested straight off the bat. So I I wasn't, wasn't surprised at him be a part of the group there. I mean, you, you, you talked about him being so, so close to the game still and whatever, he's six months removed from, from being on a roster. I mean, you have, you have experience with that yourself. You, you transitioned quickly <laughs> from being a player to, to, to the coaching and, and of things and not for nothing with a really good, with like, a, you know, a great generation of American players. So what was that experience like for you as a young coach who, you know, kind of like Ryan's doing right now, right? Where he went from, he, he's going from uh, guys that he played against a few months ago to, to, to now kind of leading them on that. And what was that experience like for you? And I mean, cause you're, you know, you said, you said it was a while ago, but it wasn't, it wasn't that long. Yeah, it was it was a great experience. You know, I I, I was uh, as you mentioned, I, I was a young coach at the time. Uh, I was learning on the job, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's interesting because you know I, I think there's an assumption that just you know just because a player played the game, that it's just a natural evolution to become a coach. And although I think it certainly is is a huge benefit to have played the game. You know the the coaching skill set or the coaching craft is uh, is is a whole different ball game, and it takes a lot of work to to uh, to to be good at it. And and so there there are so many good coaches in the in the game. Some of them are former players. Some of them aren't. They're just uh, they're great students of the game, and they have a they have an ability to communicate uh, thoughts and concepts and. Uh, and and they have great analytical minds and 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 they, they're they're good leaders. They they can motivate and inspire people. And so I was I was I was learning the coaching craft at that particular time. And and then to have the opportunity to uh, you know to to be an assistant coach at the Olympics in Torino, and now I'm behind the bench with players that that I looked up to in my generation that were 
that were way better than I ever was <laughs> as a, as a player, you know, and, and I, I, I coached, I handled the defense. Uh, Labby was, uh, was running the forwards at the time and I'm coaching guys like Chris Chelios and Darian Hatcher and these guys that, that I looked up to as, you know, the, these are the best players of, of my generation. And, uh, I was so impressed with uh, their professionalism, yeah. you know, because I wasn't sure how they were going to react to a young coach like right, myself. Right. And but I, I I walked away from that experience with so much respect, even more respect than I had uh, for those guys because I didn't really know them personally until right. I until I went over there and and spent a few weeks with them at the at the Olympics in Torino. But I walked away from that experience with with so much respect for those guys and. And and just their professionalism and and their competitiveness and their uh, you know th th their drive to be the best and want to win and uh, Chelios was a guy for me that I really didn't know at all and and, and I, I was just blown away by his competitiveness and his professionalism throughout that experience he he was like an extension of our coaching staff when I was there and uh, and so that that's that's how that experience went went for me it was. Uh, it was an unbelievable experience. Uh, I was a young coach at the time. Uh, you know, th this experience, it, I, you know, I anticipate to be a whole lot different because now I've got, you know, I don't know how many years now of, of coaching experience uh, under my belt and, and, and I'm surrounded with some really good coaches as well. So, uh, but, but I can't say enough about those guys in the experience that I went through with them. Are you ready for the Chelly on ESPN experience? <laughs> you ready for him to do TV? He's, he's, it sounds like he's going to be doing a lot. Yeah, I, I think he'll be great. You know, I, I don't think he's going to mince words. You know, I think that's uh, and I think I, I think that's going to resonate with people, which uh, which always makes for entertainment, right? So uh, Keith Keith Kachuk was one of the guys who was on that '06 Olympic team that, that you coached, and obviously you teammates with him back in Phoenix. What do you think will be a stranger experience, coaching Keith, who you played with, or coaching his sons potentially at these Olympics? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know. Walt and I go back a long way. You know, he, we, we spent a, a bunch of years together in Phoenix and he was such a great player himself. Uh, his kids are, are terrific players as well. You know, they're big personalities. You know, they, <laughs> like my father always said, they don't grow up like the neighbors. You know, I think, I think his, uh, his kids uh, are a chip off the old block. You know, they're, they're big personalities. And uh, as, as was Walt as well, he, they, they certainly bring a certain swagger to the table. They, they, they make everybody on the bench about six inches taller. That's for sure. You got to deal with them again this year. You got to avoid, <laughs> you got to avoid them because because <laughs> the schedule last year, you got to got to deal with, with Matt and Brady out there, out there running around. Huh? <laughs> I get the, I get the odd phone call from, uh, from Walt when I'm, when I'm traveling, I, I got a call from in Calgary a few years ago, we were playing there and, uh, and he's, he was scouting at the time, you know, and he, and he called me uh, after the game. It was like midnight. I was in my hotel room breaking the game film down, you know, and he, uh, <laughs> he wanted to meet me and have a beer and, and catch up and, and talk. But he's uh, just a terrific family. Uh, you know, they're, they're great people. They're, they're, they're just a great hockey family. They're, they're passionate. Uh, and, and so it, 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 uh, it, it will be interesting. That's for sure. You know, we, we have so many great players, you know, one, one of the things that's, that's really excited our coaching staff is we started to look at the player pool and the talent pool that's, that's uh, available to make this team. And, uh, it's deep. It's, it's really deep. I think it speaks volumes to, for how far, uh, hockey has come in the United States and, and, uh, and once again, I, I tip my hat. I, th I think it starts at the grassroots level and, uh, and, and all the volunteers across the country and, and the environment that these people are, are trying to create for these kids to participate and grow up in the sport. And, you know, when you look at some of the kids that, that are, uh, are, have come out of that, uh, and, and that, that's the makeup of, of this player pool. And some of them are, are from, you know, the non-traditional markets, you know, they're not necessarily the the hockey hotbeds like Massachusetts and Minnesota that, that, uh, that I guess was, was my generation, you know, they're coming from all across the country now. And I think the NHL and the, and the expansion has a lot to do with that and, and just the, the impact, but the volunteers that, that I think that put their time in all the time for, for USA hockey to, to help these kids grow and develop along the way. I, you know, we, we're fortunate enough and privileged to, to get the, the finished product at the end of it. And, uh, but, but I, I think it, it's important that we mention these guys and, and the importance of that aspect of it. 
you brought it up. Are you are you doing are you doing back a napkin lineup work here? Like can we can can we can we go through who's the who's who's the third center on this team? Let's 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 break some news. <laughs> well, you guys uh I, I knew you guys would go there. It's, uh, <laughs> it wasn't us. You brought it up. We we, we were ready well, to just let it slide. I, I brought up the I brought up the uh, how impressive the, the the group is and how deep it is and and, and the the challenges. What I, what yes, I there's some very you, there's some there's some very tough decisions. Yes, yes, that's what I'll, that's what I will tell you is that there's going to be some really difficult decisions and and I think that's uh, you know from our standpoint that that's a good thing that we have our, the talent pool is that deep and uh, there are a lot of players to choose from. There are a lot of really good American players that have built a body of work in the NHL and uh, are deserving to be in the conversation. And we have so much respect for, for all of them. Uh, obviously not all of them are going to make the team, but uh, we're excited about the group that we have and, uh, and we're looking forward to those conversations. Well, some of the guys, <laughs> I mean, there's no way around it. Some of the guys in that discussion are on your roster. So how's that? How's that something? Uh, that's something you're going to have to balance, right? The, the the decisions on the on the Jake Gensels and the Brian Rusts and the Brian Dumlins of, of of the world. Yeah, you know, I've got a good relationship with those guys, and 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 for me, it'll be uh, you know, I'll be I'll be transparent with them, like I always am, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, these guys are real good players, and and. Uh, and they've been great players for us here in Pittsburgh. They're they're Stanley Cup champions. They know how to win, uh, and so you know you can never have enough of those types on your team, right? And uh, and so uh, they're they're three players that that have really built an impressive body of work in their time here in Pittsburgh. And um, but you know it, I'm I'm excited for them that that yeah. that they're in the conversation. And uh, but but I, I will I will communicate with those guys and 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 have an honest conversation with them and you know as it goes along the way. But but you know we're we're excited about the, about those those players. They're certainly really good players for us here in Pittsburgh. I think one of the reasons people in the U.S. are so excited for this tournament is because of what the overall collection of talent is going to look like, like you were just talking about. I mean, when you start looking at how everything could set up, even if we're not going to say exactly how it'll set up today, um, is there a group for you that stands out as the as the bar, as the best collection of U.S. talent ever? And what is the potential of this group? Yeah, I, I think w- when you look back at the Chelioses, you know, the Kachuks, the uh, Darian Hatcher, uh, Brian Leach. Doug Waite, uh, Mike Madano, um, Billy Guerin, you know, that, that generation, Brett Hull was part of that. I'm trying to think, I, I you know, I, I don't want to leave anybody out because mm-hmm. it, it, I don't want to be disrespectful to those guys. Right. But that era, right. that, that era was, that group, yeah. in, in my mind, was so good. And, and those guys, they carried the torch for a long time. And, uh, and, and they're, they, they were such an accomplished group of players, uh, so driven, so competitive. And, and I, for me, they're the standard bearers. I, I think they, uh, they just represented our nation, uh, you know, in so many different tournaments, uh, and, and, and we're just so ultra competitive. And, and so for me, they're the standard bearers. I, I think, uh, I think this group has the potential to live up to that. You know, there's a lot of young, exciting players here that, uh, that that are evolving and uh, and and I think there's I think there's uh, there's a lot of potential there. So I'm I'm excited uh, I'm excited about the conversations that we're going to have here moving forward, and and I'm excited about potentially what this team might look like. What's kind of the biggest strength as you look at it right now? Like, is there an area of the team that you're saying this can be kind of our what we lean on here when when, when things get tough, whether it's the forwards or, or some of those young D and and anything in net, obviously. Well, that, that's a good question. You know, you you guys, I'm sure, have had that conversation as well. I, you know, yeah. it's uh, I, I'm not I'm not sure what the biggest strength is. You know, I think we've got some dynamic forwards. I, you know, I I think the goaltending position is really strong and deep. You know, look at the look at the group of defensemen that's that's there. You know, there there's uh, they're probably 14 deep of mm-hmm. you know 12 deep. You know, if if you start to go through the the group of defensemen that that potentially could could make this team could be even more. It's uh, there, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of real good players at all the positions, and uh, 
And, and so that, that's going to be our challenge, right? We, we're going to, we're, we're going to, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think trying to, trying to put the best possible team together. And, and I say that because I think that's going to be the biggest challenge is to figure out how to become a team in short order. And because, uh, you know, it, I, I'm fairly confident that there's there's a few countries that are going to have a lot of talent on their roster, and, <laughs> yeah, and talent doesn't win gold medals, right? Great team. So I think something that fascinates me about your job is getting is getting guys to play roles that de- that deviate from their typical NHL roles. You know, you're you're going to be maybe asking a top six winger to drop down and kill penalties, or or, or change, you know, kind of change change the role that he's gotten accustomed to. Is that something, is that something you're ready for? Cause I know that's, that's such a big thing for you on, on a day-to-day basis, right? Is, is, is having guys do their job and, and, and fulfill the kind of duties that you expect from them. But that's, that's easier over the course of an 82 game schedule rather than having, you know, a, a star player drop in and do something that he's, that he's maybe a little bit less accustomed to, to doing. Like, is that, is that part of the thought process? Sure it is. You know, we, we had that conversation as a coaching staff when, when we met as a group. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's one of the most important jobs as a head coach, you know, regardless of, of what team you're coaching, is to, is to uh, steer the identity of the group, shape the identity of the group. In other words, what's our competitive advantage? Mm-hmm. What are we good at? How do we play to our strengths? Mm-hmm. And then implement a game plan that allows us to do that. And then cast players in certain roles that help them understand what the expectation is so that they know what they can hang their hat on. This is my contribution to helping this team win. And that's not to say we're going to pigeonhole guys in certain spots and they can't grow into something bigger or better, right? But it is important that that players understand why they're on the roster and what their strength is, what they're bringing to the table what their contribution is to helping the team win. And, and, and we talk about that in Pittsburgh all the time. I have those conversations with our players, uh, you know, daily. And, and sometimes uh, players need to be reminded of those, you know, of those, uh, of those core competencies and, and, and why they're on the roster. And so I, I really think that's one of my most important jobs as the head coach. And so, and, and then, then it's a, there's a player's responsibility to embrace that, right? They need to embrace that challenge. They need to be accepting of roles and they need to embrace that role. They need to get excited about, it. you know, not everybody's going to play in the power play. And when you look at, when you look at this, this group of players that, that will inevitably be assembled to, to, uh, to make up, uh, you know, the, the, the Olympic team, there's a fair amount of them. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and, and, and suggest that they're playing on their power plays and their respective <laughs> NHL teams, right? But not everybody's going to play in the power play in the Olympics. And they need to be okay with that. That's, I think that's going to be a huge part of becoming the team that we need to become. And so uh, that's a conversation that, that we'll have, I think, fairly often with the group. Fairly often and fairly early, I, w- I would imagine, right? That's, that's, sure. that, that's, that's got to be a day one thing where, where, where you set the expectations and kind of and go from there. For sure. I, I, you know, I, I think it's one of my most important jobs. Mike, that was great. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I mean, if if there's Max, I don't know if there's anything you want to finish up on, but yeah. No, that's all good for me. That's great. I really appreciate it, Mike. Sure, my pleasure, guys. Ah, Maxie, that was great stuff from Mike Sullivan. I love. I love hearing. I love hearing Kachuk stories. I feel like. I, I feel like we could have just got gotten them rolling and gotten you know a half hour more of Chris Chelios and and, and Keith Kachuk stories. I think the move is we now have a double guest thing we need to book <laughs> with Mike and Keith Kachuk for a future episode. Maybe maybe that's in August next year when they're a little less busy and we just have maybe maybe this is an 11 p.m. deal and we just get it rolling and see what happens. Yeah, yeah that was a uh, great stuff as expected from Mike Sullivan. All right, we're back. Big news on Monday was that Steve McCarthy has replaced Sylvan Lefebvre as an assistant on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Lefebvre is out because he elected not to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. So, Maxie, we're seeing we're seeing repercussions already for for organizations, for players, for coaches that that aren't in on the protocol. And it was still I, you know, I, I kind of mentioned this 
whenever we talked to whenever we talked to Mike a, a couple a couple minutes ago. Don Waddell was really great last week. Obviously, he's he's the president of hockey ops with the, with the Hurricanes, runs a lot of their business stuff, and he volunteered just straight away, like, yeah, we expect to be at a hundred percent on on vaccination among the teams and also spe- among the, among the players, and also specifically, he saw a major uptick after the NHL COVID nineteen protocol dropped, right? Where where we see these you know serious deserving penalties for for guys who aren't vaccinated and test positive and and whatever the upshot of it is you know they're making they're making life as complicated as possible for 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 people who aren't vaccinated which is which is fine that's the that's that's the way it should be from you know a societal a societal standpoint on on one hand and also as a as a uh, you know from a from a team building you know NHL franchise standpoint too. You just, you, you can't have that risk out there. And I think Sylvan Lefebvre, you know, he's, he's the first, but I would, I don't think he's going to be the last, like we're, we're about to see another split kind of happen as, as camps open up and we're, we're, we're about to see, you know, teams really put their money where their mouth is when it, when it, when it comes to, you know, t- taking this stuff as seriously as possible, and also eliminating any possibility for for outbreaks and or suspensions and or anything else. So I, I thought that was I thought that was wild to see on Monday. It was, and stories like that are going to get the headline. Yeah. It's going to be the guy who who, who is not in the hundred percent, right? Because that's that's the news story here. But I I also think kind of the subhead here is that th- there's not going to be a. In, in, nearly as many no. headlines or nearly no. as many numbers of that as, as there are the rest of society. I think it really speaks to NHL players and coaches. And, and this point was made a lot with the NFL um, as their, their season got up and running. Like it, it, it's a great way to be a good teammate, to, to have this stuff and get it taken care of. And I think that that kind of speaks the language of pro athletes and, totally. and it certainly applies to the rest of society too. Like we are in, in a lot of ways, we don't have uh affiliations to each other quite so formally all right but we are very much all teammates there right i mean think about the hurricanes roster like it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to go down the list and you're like oh okay they're they're at, they're at 100 percent, or they're going to be there they're going to be there very soon that says a lot you know with how uh, to to how seriously teams are teams are taking this between that and the fact that we just saw a coach get dumped on the eve of training camp like this is this is this a is no joke and B, uh, teams are teams aren't treating it as a, as a joke. So honestly, it's 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 nice to see. Yeah, good on them. For me, I you know one of the things that jumps out to me this week is is Ryan Kessler and that story in NHL.com. Kessler basically says he he understands and is aware that his NHL career is over. He actually there's a quote in there where he says, "My body age is like 80," which <laughs> is you know it's it's a reminder of of the pounding that these guys take and the grind that it takes. It yes, it is a game. It is probably one of the most fun jobs I can conceive of, but they pay a physical price to do it. Um, and, and so Kessler is, is going to be a volunteer coach at the NTDP. And I think that's a great move for him. He's obviously from Livonia from, yeah. from not, not quite my neck of the woods, but only about it's 20 close. minutes. It's, uh, close. it's yeah. close enough. Yeah. 20, 20 minutes West of me. So Pete Kessler, he was, he was, he was something else. The, the injury started to stack for him so early too, right? Like he had major, major hip stuff. I, I think we're look no nobody in Vancouver is ever going to forget how good those teams were at the start at the, at the start of the 2010s, right? Like that's that's always going to be a discussion point. But I think if you're you know a U.S. based fan maybe and someone who isn't in the isn't in the NHL media you know ecosystem, those are some unbelievable teams that are you know they've aged out. We've 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 seen those guys over the last few years, whether it's whether it's Longo, whether it's Kessler, whether it's BXO, whether whether it's you know Alex Edler or Alex Burrows, like the guys who were the bones of of those teams, they're on they're on their way out, right? And that and that was an unbelievable group, you know, of, of talent that you know just whatever 2011 was the peak against against the Bruins. It didn't didn't work out, but man, they were they were a blast to watch, and he was he was specifically so yeah. Happy trails to him. You're gonna see. You're gonna see him around, right? Like he's. He'll be. He'll be. Kick, oh yeah. He'll be. He'll kicking, be kicking around various spots in Plymouth. Yeah. Yep. And and obviously working with a lot of the players who are going to be uh, pretty prominent in this next these next two drafts. Uh, I would imagine. You know the the 
the talent, the NTDP right now is, is pretty amazing as it often is. But, you know, I, I don't, it's obviously there's probably never going to be another year quite like 2019 mm-hmm. again, but there's some really, really interesting kids at, at the NTDP this year. If you're in a position to watch them, I, I would recommend that. What's up for you this week, man? Like, I, and we're, we're back in the swing of things. This is my first day back from vacation. I'm operating at like 75% capacity, but you have a, you have a, you have a full week, right? Is Traverse, is Traverse City, when is it? Yeah, Thursday. Thursday. So I go up there Thursday and that's a, you know, long weekend tournament. So I'll, I'll go up Wednesday night actually is when I'll, when I'll get there and then back Monday and then back up to Traverse City again on, <laughs> on Wednesday night to, to get ready for actual Red Wings training camp. So. Yeah, the, the the grind is very much uh, about to, to hit in 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 full gear up, out here. Wait, so do we have do we have a remote taping location for the for the Friday episode with you with you we and do. Corey Promen? So, uh, Corey's going to be there, oh, so that's that will right. be. Uh, I don't know if I was supposed to say uh, announce ahead of time that we were going to be actually like on site together. There you go, that buddy. One, we will. We're, break, <laughs> there it we're is. breaking news. You guys can sit at some sit at some weird table in a in, in a side room and, and talk about this stuff in person. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm fired up for it. It'll be it'll be really fun, and obviously, I will watch hockey with Corey any chance I get because then it's like I I actually like retain about four times as much as I do when I watch it by myself. So. He makes he makes everybody a lot smarter. Is is much as so it, smart as much as it pains me to say. It's it's a good time to subscribe. It's a good time to subscribe to the Athletic. It's a good time to subscribe to the show ramping up into regular season mode very, very quickly here at the athletic hockey show. Always, always got Mendez and down goes Brown on Thursdays. We've got Max and Corey on Friday. We of course have, have Ian and Haley on Monday. So we're ramping up on the pod, we're ramping up on the site. There's, there's no better time than now. We're glad to have you all here with us. We appreciate you listening to the athletic hockey show. Uh, you can follow us on your pod, on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a nice rating and review. Everybody always appreciates that. Me and Craig, Craig specifically, we're always we're always in the comments on the show, uh, taking stuff way way too seriously to heart. We got we got our list of banned phrases. I think we need to update that before the start of the season. All that fun stuff. You can subscribe to, to the Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts specifically. That gets you some bonus content from our whole network. It's not just hockey. It's for NFL, for, for the NFL show and for college football. It's it's a great time. Great time to be a sports fan. Great time to be a hockey fan. It's a great time to subscribe to all our stuff here at The Athletic Audio. You can start with a 30-day free trial, uh, and that's for Audio Plus and Apple Podcasts. And it's just 99 cents a month after that. Also, if you're not a subscriber to the site, annual subscriptions are 50% off still. I don't know how long that's going to last, but it's still rolling. You can get that offer when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show. Max... My boy, this was this was wonderful. Thank you for doing it. This was great. Thanks for having me. It's good good to see you. Good to see you, the the state of the hair right now. The state of the hair oh is electric, God, dude. I I did I had to get a cut. It was it was well down past my shoulders. It was it was it was repulsive. Im- important people in my life were 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 telling me to, were telling me to get it together. Craig was certainly very upset by it. Also, for the record, Custon supposedly will be back next week, but I wouldn't I wouldn't hold my breath. Thank you guys for listening, uh, and we'll see you next week. 